Welcome to the Home and Away podcast. I'm Jacob Lawrence. I'm here joined by my brother and co-host Caleb Lawrence. As always, Caleb, how are you doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. Uh, there's something something we need to we need to talk about real quick before before we get on to our our guest. Um, big event happened in the a- athletics world and the golf world over the weekend um, with Tiger Woods Woods crash. Uh, we wish him nothing but the best. Uh, is there anything you want to say about it, Caleb? Yeah, it, it was crazy. So um, I was at work when it happened Tuesday, I believe. Um, it, it was wild because it was like initial reaction. Um, obviously didn't end up being as bad, but initial reaction was very similar to like when I first saw something about Kobe, to be honest. Um, and like the feeling was very similar as well. And it's like two of the most impactful sports figures of our generation for sure. So, uh, it just, like, it seemed almost too coincidental for something like really bad, not to be happening. Um, so mm-hmm. it, I mean, as bad as everything came out and it ended up being like the fact that he's like still alive basically is, is crazy. And it's, and it's huge. I mean, his kids still have a dad and, and all that. So, so that's really yeah. big, but uh, initial thing was like shock. Uh, it's crazy. Like I saw people being like, Oh, like, do you think he's ever going to play again? And like, I don't know, yeah. man, like he's 40, 46 years old, just had back yeah. surgery. Melissa He's had four like, or five back surgeries, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Melissa's Melissa was talking me through like the injury because she read like the the release that Tigers can't put out with the doctor statements. And she basically said that like the tibia and fibula broke in two spots and it was like outside his leg, bro. Um, so like it wasn't just like a, a broken broken bone, like there's a line through your bone. Like it was it was a bad deal. Like, yeah, it was a compound fracture, right? Isn't that right. what that's and, called? Yeah. And so like there, there was talk at like some point that like he's going to have it. He, he would have had issues like leg, it's like serious leg issues, like if it wasn't taken care of. So um, luckily yeah. it turned out, I mean, for, for what it was almost as good as possible, I guess, as weird as it is to say that, but um, Tiger's a guy who for people like our age and even older than us, like, Tiger Woods made golf cool. Like no he doubt. Was, he was the guy who made golf really cool. And, like, as someone who's gotten back into golf again a lot, like, Tiger Woods is on a different level. Um, I was listening to somebody talk the other day or saw somebody tweet, and, uh, like, there's there's still only, like, two people in golf that make you feel a certain way or make the entire country feel a certain way, and it's uh, – one happened a couple of weeks ago when Jordan Spieth was in contention at the waste management and the other is Tiger Woods. Like anytime Tiger Woods is out there, like the whole country's watching yeah. just because it's Tiger. Uh, so it was crazy. And I, and I think it's really like really, really good to just know that like he, he should make it through. Like it doesn't seem like anything's life threatening. Um, and like, we're going to hopefully get to see the rest of his life play out where um, I feel like his life was is very much on the same trajectory in, in a lot of ways as Kobe's was. Like you really got to see Kobe yeah. in the last few years um, take on more of a role as a parent uh, and like teaching the game and bringing up the next generation. And you've seen that a lot with Tiger where like he used to never talk to anybody on the course. Like he wasn't giving out any secrets, wasn't helping anybody. 
Um, and now like to have a guy like Justin Thomas say that he's one of his best friends in the world, like that's another competitor, but he's really wanting to bring up the next generation and like seeing him with Charlie um, at the PNC, like it's been a really cool transformation to see uh, from like super competitive Tiger, which he still is to like being family man Tiger. And you saw that similarly with Kobe and hopefully we'll get to continue to see that play out here with Tiger. Uh, did you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I was at practice and I came home and I was talking to my girlfriend, I think on the phone, I think I was taking, talking to Riley on the phone. And then all of a sudden, like, like I always have a bunch of notifications because I don't have service at the gym, you know? Um, and all of a sudden I saw it, I was like, whoa, what? Tiger got a car wreck? Like talking to her on the phone. And she's like, she was like, yeah, people are saying he might die. I was like, hold up, pause. So I started looking everything up. And so I saw that, like they said that he was in like stable condition or whatever. And I was like, okay, that makes me feel better. Like, and it said that he had a bad lower leg injury. So I was like, I was like, you know, he might not play again, but at least it sounds like he's going to make it. So like, that makes me happy, you know? I mean, even if he doesn't play again, at least if he can have a full recovery and just have a, have a full life with his family and stuff, that'll make me happy. I, I don't care if he never touches the golf club again or never gets out on the course again, you know? And that's all, that's all I really think about, about the whole thing. It's just crazy. Cause Tiger's that guy that like, um, like for a long time, like the first guy you ever heard about when you were a kid was probably Tiger Woods, like as far as a golfer. And like, there's a lot of people who never watch a golf tournament, never play golf in their life. You ask who Tiger Woods is, and they know exactly who it is, you know. Like he's that golf guy that's he's like the Michael Jordan, LeBron James, like of golf, you know. No matter who you ask, they're gonna know who he is. And he's just an icon for the sport. So uh we're just I mean, me and you both pulling for him, hoping that he just has a full recovery and can just at least live a normal life, you know. Right. And this is one of those moments kind of like what we talked about with Coach Rich, like at the end of the day, life is like 20 million times bigger than any sport. Um, and this kind of no shows doubt. you that, like just to see the way people rallied, um, saw the other, the other golfers on tour, like the respect they have for Tiger, the person is, it's, it's unreal. And it really kind of gives you an idea of who he's become, um, not only like within the game of golf, but as a person. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But um, without, without, uh, with that being said, um, we've got, we got a special guest on today right someone that he was probably like one of the first guys we I think we thought of and we didn't know what availability would be like or anything because he's got a busy schedule you know um but he was able to come on and it was awesome and uh we're super excited to have him on it's a pitcher from the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, Jeff Hartlieb who played in the same conference as us in high school played basketball and baseball a guy that we've grown up you know watching um from afar and I know you had some conversation with him. I've never I've never talked to him I've never been in contact with him but we're super excited to have him on uh anything else you want to say about him before before we bring him on yeah uh just like great dude um like kind of maybe had said two words to him um his senior year at Highland I was a junior um was hurt so I was in the dugout like when we would play against them um but met him like more conversational wise at Lindenwood uh, well, we were both going to school there and kind of told him I was from CM and had watched him play baseball and basketball and like couldn't be a better dude, honestly. Uh, he, he's great. Really appreciate him taking the time to to talk to us. Uh, definitely, definitely cool to have a, a big leaguer on here and uh, couldn't think of like a better guy to be for that. So really appreciate him coming on here and looking forward to the conversation. 
course, without further ado, let's hop into that conversation with Jeff Hartley. All right, joining us now, live from Florida, uh, former Highland Bulldog, current pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Jeff Hartley. Jeff, how are we doing, man? Doing good. Life is uh, life's all right when you get to play baseball down here. Right. We'll, we appreciate you joining us, and we'll just dive right into it. Uh, first thing, married about a year now, uh, expecting your first kid here before too long. How excited are you? What's that like? Um, is it kind of a crazy time for you? Crazy is a good word for it, man. We uh, I, we bought a house. I, she was home, actually, and I'd never seen the house, and she liked it, and we decided to pull the trigger, so I bought a house before I ever saw it. Uh, and then we moved in, and within, like, five or six days of us moving in, you know, she, she told me, and, yeah, a lot of life, big life jumps within a short period of time. It's been crazy and awesome, and we're so excited. It's going to be interesting. It'll be mid like late May, early June when he comes and mid season, you know, I get 72 hours to, you know, go be a dad for three days and then right back on the, right back on the bump. So no, it'll be really cool. It'll be, it'll have its challenges not about it, but super excited. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Right. And like, obviously you wouldn't know beforehand, but like, do you think you, that'll change your perspective at all? Like playing baseball, having a little one that's, that's there watching you and stuff. Yeah. I, uh, I've got quite a few teammates now that, especially on the Pirates, we have a lot of guys that are dads and married, more than a lot of teams, I think. People who come over from other teams, like, say it all the time, like, man, everybody on this team is wifed up, like, and nobody <laughs> wants to go out and do anything. Everybody's just got a wife and kids. And, like, just the way some of those guys act, and I feel like it just changes your priorities, obviously. You know, like, guys don't play PlayStation as much. They don't mess around with the guys as much after the game. You know, you got people to get home to and stuff to do like that, and just other priorities that pull you away from just being a guy with the guys. Uh, but I'm not going to shy away from that at all. I think it's going to be, it's going to be cool. And I can, I can definitely learn from some of these guys. I've already learned a couple of things, just what to be ready for when, uh, when it does happen. Cause we've got a couple of guys who just had kids too. So it's fresh on the mind and they're, they're not afraid to share their experiences with me. So. That's good. Definitely good to have some resources. Yeah. Um, but down the floor, like we said, uh, spring training, year three with the big club. Um, are you still kind of in a vibe of, like, you're feeling like you need to go out and, like, make the team? Or is it more of a comfort zone now where, like, you've been here a few times now and you feel more comfortable being with that with that big league team and, and feel like you're really primed to have a good year this year? There's no doubt there's a level of comfortability that comes with just being with the same team and then knowing the guys, knowing the staff, everything like that. So I'm 100% more comfortable than I was two years ago, my first one. But uh, there's still the everyday fight to go win a job, man. Nothing's guaranteed in this game. And until you sign a contract, you know, tomorrow's not promised. And that's something that keeps you on your toes, though. I think it's a good thing. It keeps that competitive edge going. You show up every day, and you got to prove something. Uh, definitely, I have, to, I have a little bit less to prove in terms of, you know, showing up in midseason shape and throwing as hard as you can and looking extremely sharp right off the bat, you know, you put in a body of work, people have seen what you can do to a certain extent. And so they know what your baseline is. It's getting there. And then, you know, it's just showing your, you've honed a couple of things in, you've worked on what they told you to work on in the off season and you're, you're ready to go get some guys out. And it's not necessarily to be able to do that day one at an extremely high level, but I felt like that a couple of years ago, you know, that, that thought process is great and it helped me out and it got me to where I am. But 
that thought process kills you in the long run as a pitcher just because when you're getting ready and you're throwing as hard as you can in late December, early January to go to camp, that's just such a small time frame of time off for your body that, you know, when May, June, July hits, you're just going, you're kind of hitting a, hitting a wall where your body doesn't feel good, man. You're doing something every day, all day for 162 games. It's like a 212 day season or something like that. Like, it just, I've learned over the last couple of years talking to my agent and trainers and stuff. And you just got to learn to take days for yourself and not throw up your body. Telling not to throw right. and not build up too quickly in the off season, you know, as same thing with basketball. I mean, you can't, you got to take some time off. Like you, <laughs> you got to you give, give, give it a little yeah. breather, give yourself a mental <laughs> break away from the game and then, you know, come back and refocus. And I finally did it this off season where I just gave myself some time, you know? Yeah. Good. You got to give yourself that that time to just recover and just, I think, get out of that mode just for a little bit and focus on a couple other things because, I mean, nobody in the MLB, nobody playing professional basketball anywhere overseas or anywhere is just a one-minded person where they that's all they think about all the time. You got you to gotta be well-rounded, I think, to get through it for sure. But going back to a couple years ago, what, what was it like that first time getting called up to the big leagues? What was that like for you? Yeah. <laughs> It was, uh, I guess, a whirlwind is the best way to put it. You know, I uh, it's kind of funny how it worked out. It worked out pretty perfectly. My uh, my then fiance just graduated college. She got her master's, and she was actually driving to Indianapolis, where our AAA team was, to come kind of stay with me for the next couple months and just travel with me and be with me for the first time since I've been in Pro Bowl. And I was just, the only reason I was up as late as I was because I was waiting for her to get into town, and she was pulling in like one o'clock. Uh, so she got there and we were still up talking and do, doing whatever she's unpacking at like two, two fifteen, And I just, my phone rang and my phone never rings, you know, past 11 o'clock, whatever. And it's Larry Broadway. It's our head of player development in the minor leagues. And I'm like, I look over, I'm just like, this is either a really cool phone call or going to be a really <laughs> shitty phone call. <laughs> I'm either going up or I'm getting cut. Like, and I answered and he was like, Hey, you got to pack your bags. You got a six, six thirty AM flight. Uh, out to San Diego and it was just kind of you know I was like thanks cool hung up the phone and uh tried to call my dad a couple times he was obviously asleep didn't answer and packing trying to pack a suit think of everything I might need for the next you know week or two whatever it would be find her a flight to get out there too uh it was wild man getting out there and then I was going across the country to San Diego like switching three time zones and Got there that night, and I mean, I was so jacked up getting there that day, going through the program, like looking around and everything. And that night, I didn't get in the game, thank God, bro. I was dying. I was so freaking tired. Like, <laughs> I was dead. I, was, I, started, I think I drank two Red Bulls in the game, just trying to stay awake. And afterwards, we went, went back to the hotel, and I, I passed out immediately. Next day, felt great. I got in that night and pitched well, and it was, it was cool, man. My whole family got to come out see me uh they tell me not to look at the lights they were talking about in the bullpen when i was out there they were like just whatever you do like it's the same game man you know just don't don't overcomplicate it just like don't look up because you never think about it but you don't play in a stadium with three decks ever in your entire life right every stadium has three decks in the big leagues and those lights are pretty freaking bright up top and so i got out there and like i did what i wasn't supposed to do i looked up and uh, it didn't matter 
it was the same game, but it was it was really really cool. It's as cool as anybody who thinks it would be. It's exactly that cool. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Uh, I actually have a story. One of my one of my closest friends. Uh, he's a Highland guy too. His name's Grant Gepper. Uh, he won a state championship actually okay. at Highland. Yeah. And he uh he happened to be out at PNC Park watching a game with like his his grandpa or something. And he actually saw your home debut, like the first time you took the mound at PNC. Really? It was, yeah, the most random thing ever. I, he, he told me about it this summer, and uh, I just thought that was kind of crazy that a Highland guy was just in the crowd, happened to be at the Pirates game, and he got to see your debut there. So, um, was, was it always – Yeah, I know Grant was. Yeah. Um, was it always something that you wanted to do, like go to the MLB growing up as a kid? Or like – because we know like you took the basketball route originally out of mm-hmm. high school. Um yeah. Or like, was the MLB always something you had your eye on or just once you switched to playing baseball, then you're like, okay, I really got a chance to do this. Yeah, no, it was, uh, just to put it frankly, not on the radar in the slightest. Uh, okay. I was always decent at baseball. Uh, I played in high school mainly cause of, like my, my buddy, my good buddies are playing it, especially my senior year. Uh, I was one of the better pitchers on the team and like the coaches wanted me to play and I was good and I enjoyed it, but, also, my college coaches for basketball <clears throat> did not want me to play. They wanted me to just, you know, get to their training and start doing what they were doing. And I was like, you know, my it's the last sport I'm ever going to play with my friends. So, like, I wanted to do it, and I did it. Uh, had a good time, pitched well. And then I was – I'll never forget, I actually played that summer, too, Legion Ball with my friends just to mess around. And my coaches were pissed. Uh, <laughs> and I was, I was out there – and near the end of the season, it was I pitched the whole game, like went to extra innings. I was like 150 pitches. And I was talking to my coach and my, my dad was in there, too. And I was like, Harry, I'm never going to play baseball again. Like, I, this is exactly what I was saying. I was like, I'm never going to play baseball again. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, if I get hurt, I'm never going to throw. It doesn't like it's cool. I'll go out there and we need to win the game. And so I went back out and I pitched like it was like 150 pitches somewhere around there. And he's probably so pissed. He let me do it. But uh I did it and then it's just funny because you know a year and a half later two years later I was pitching in college or whatever and he's like you're a freaking liar like but no I uh I went to college for basketball and I thought it was the right choice for me I grew up I love basketball man I played AAU I didn't play baseball as much I just it was kind of something I did I didn't practice that often I would show up and kind of just pitch and I think that's probably what allowed me to kind of be like a blank canvas and be very open to coaching and instruction and ideas when it came to how I pitched because with basketball I kind of thought I knew everything you know I I'd done it for so long my dad was a coach I grew up around it I I was just like I don't like I know what I'm doing with this but like with baseball I showed up when I made the switch and was like yo tell me what to do like all I've ever done is try and throw it as hard as I can and that was a good place to start but there's a lot to, to grow on from that and when I made the decision to quit basketball at Quincy, it was just kind of like I fell out of love with the college grind. And you can attest to it. I'm sure both of you can being around the game. Like grind is a good way to put it. Kind of like we were talking about before. Like it's early. It's a lot. It's conditioning. It's lifting. It's shooting. You got to be getting shots up. It's a different level of commitment than college baseball is, quite frankly, because especially as a pitcher, you're out there and you're playing catch. You can only throw so many times. When I switched mm-hmm. to baseball, I went out to the football practice and I was like, yo, this is dope. I don't kind of do anything. <laughs> like, and I was, and I just, I hated that about college basketball. Like, I, I miss it at times. I, I really miss shooting. 
I miss, I miss dunking on people. I miss all that stuff, but like, I do not miss running. I, I just don't. And so I, uh, when I decided to quit, it was a big decision. Obviously I was walking away from a scholarship and my parents didn't know what I was going to do and this and that. And it was, it was important. And I was just jacking around the quad playing catch with my buddy. I was just talking about who plays overseas, Evan McGaffey plays in Germany. Uh, we were just throwing a baseball around. We both just happened to have gloves and he played in high school too. We were just throwing out. Mm-hmm. We, we stretched out. We were throwing, just being stupid, like throwing as far as we could. And the team, the catcher at Quincy was just walking by. And he stopped me and was like, yo, you just quit the basketball team, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, looks like you have a pretty good arm. Do you want to come out and like throw a bullpen for the team? He's like, I heard you pitch in high school. And I was like, sure. Hadn't thought about it at all. And uh, <laughs> went, went out a couple of days later, threw a bullpen for him. They offered me a scholarship to stay and play baseball there. And I just, at that moment, was like, hey, maybe I can go do this somewhere else. I didn't want to stay at Quincy. I kind of realized, too. And so I just emailed like five or six coaches and Doug Butcher and Linda Wood emailed back in like five minutes. I just was like, hey, this is me. I think I might have hit 90 in high school. I'm 6'5, blah, blah, blah. Emailed back. I went out through a bullpen, offered me a scholarship. I signed. And it just happened that fast. I went and played in a summer league. And no, playing in the big leagues was never, ever a thought. Getting drafted was never a thought. Uh, my dad tells a story where they pulled they pulled him in after I went and pitched in the summer league before the season started for college. And there was like, hey, Mr. Harlow, just so you know, like when if any scouts come around, this and that, like we're gonna be telling them Jeff's our number one draft prospect. Like he'll we'll be on top of their list and they'll be coming to watch him. And my dad was just like, pause. Like <laughs> I'd never thrown a college. I'd never thrown a college inning at this point. I had zero innings in the last two years to my name. And he was just like, what are you talking about? And he was like, you know, your son could go maybe play professionally after this is all said and done. Like, and he was just like, you guys never even seen him pitch like in a game against college. <laughs> like, and that's, and yeah, then like at the end of that year, we had like, you know, agent advisors like contacting me to like, meet with me and like have me sign with them to be my representation or whatever and it was just freaking crazy bro like that's just the only way to put it is just wild yeah just wild it's stupid how backwards i fell into it and just got lucky as hell that's so crazy just just blessed just blessed with some some athletic (laughs) gifts for sure honest to god no doubt about it nothing i did it was you know i've obviously changed and put a lot of work since then but of course hey, i fell backwards into it I'll, I'll be the first one to admit i fell backwards into it and i just lucked out i'll say uh, uh i have one doug bletcher story um and it's from andrew okay. Kendrick. i think i think you know ak um Howie, yeah yeah so uh he was my roommate freshman year at lindenwood and he was okay. talking about uh Bledger talking talking about a pitcher they needed. He's like, I need a guy that can throw 95 with a slitty that just falls off the table and roll the ball off the <laughs> table. I was like, shit, you kind of got that with Jeff then. Like that sounds like hey, back then I, I didn't have a slider back then. It was just a fastball, man. But uh that does sound a lot like Doug Bunchin. Yes, it does. Good dude. Interesting dude, but a good dude. That's too good. That's awesome. 
Um, and then you talked, you also talked about dunking on people. So we might as, might as well go back to the college days. I know you remember this story uh, simply because my dad said he saw you a couple weeks ago and he brought it up and you still yeah. remember it. So go ahead and talk us through the story a little bit. Wait, which one are we talking about? We're talking about the one at Lindenwood where I was in yeah. the real game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who it was. I don't remember the kid at all. He was just talking shit, man. Like, you know, <laughs> and I don't think he knew that I played in college before that. He just thought I was on the baseball team. So it's me and a bunch of baseball guys playing and just talking. I think it was a football kid. If I had to guess, it was probably a football kid. They like to talk a lot of shit. Yeah. But he, uh, yeah, he was just talking. And I, I was like, hey, man, like, if you want, we can do, like, we can play, play. And yeah, I just, <laughs> Got it, went around the wing and just freaking dunked on him. And everyone was like, yo, what the hell? I was like, I told you. Like, I, I told you what was going to happen. But, uh, no, intramural basketball, that, that was fun. That was that was a lot of fun. Good times. Especially when no one knew I was a college basketball player yet. And they didn't – they just let me left me open. Right. It like, it, like, got out that night because I was sitting there watching. And somebody mm-hmm. was like, oh, my God, did you see that? I was like, dude was playing college basketball last year. Like, yes, I saw that. Yep. <laughs> also watched him do it for four years in high school. Like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was – and Bletch was so pissed when he found out we were playing basketball. He was so mad. Because he, he, like, explicitly was like, we will not be playing basketball. We will not be rolling ankles. We will not be doing this. <laughs> like, he just uh, – he never found out. I don't, he didn't find out until, like, after the season was over, whatever, to make it play after that. But, but it was fun while it lasted. So basically, the, the point is uh, go against everything your coach tells you and it'll work out and you'll make it to the big leagues, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't get to listen, but uh, yeah, that's kind of how it worked out, I guess. <laughs> Life lessons from Jeff Hartley right there. There you go. Man, I, you go. I had some memories in that Lindenwood wreck too, man. There were some, there were some good times when Caleb used to sneak me in there to play a uh, ball whenever I was a. Uh, high schooler and all the college oh, yeah. kids 20 some year old kids going at me thinking I they thought I was just a because I was a huge kid obviously so they all thought I was uh-huh. a 20 some year old college kid too just going at yeah. me talking shit I, I love playing rec ball we got we got banned from the rec uh in college because like in the off season uh we used to, we used to go to the rec and just hoop with yeah. with the students and stuff and like uh yeah. like me and my teammate would be in there like every day in the off season and our coach finally is like, y'all got to quit going there. Those kids don't care about your future. They don't care about our season. No like, those kids would go no at us. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they want to take down the kid who plays college basketball yep. at the school. Yeah. Absolutely. That's always it. Yeah. Well, that's a good experience, though, playing against those kids when you're when you're younger, man. That is, it's an invaluable experience. No doubt. Um, yeah. Back, back, back to the MLB a little bit. Um, so with you coming out of the pen, uh, and in college you you were a starter, right? Or were you were you a reliever in college too? You I did starter, both, but I started mainly starter. Yeah. So uh, how do you like it being out there in the bullpen? Like, is is it as fun as some guys make it out to be? Or I know I know some pitchers have come out saying lately that they wish the pitchers could be in the in the dugout and stuff. Like, how, how do you feel about it? like? Do you like the bullpen aspect? Because I remember. Like, growing up, going to, like, Gateway Grizzlies games and stuff, like, those guys always seemed like they had fun. And, like, me and Caleb would go heckle them and stuff. And, like, it was always a good time. So, like, I, yeah. I don't know. How is it in the big leagues? Being in the bullpen is a thousand times more fun than being anywhere in the freaking <laughs> dugout. Like, 
<laughs> hitters, hitters are just angry. My roommate is upstairs right now. Will he's first baseman for us? He'll attest. Hitters just moody, like you know, they're it's a it's a game of failure. So like they're striking out and doing whatever. The, the vibes in the dugout can just get awful, but the vibes in the bullpen are great because no one who's in the bullpen has been in the game yet. So no one's messed up. No one's done anything wrong. Like <laughs> it's just good time. Like guys messing around. Lots of stories told back and forth. And last year was – 2019 was nowhere near as fun. Last year was just a really, really good group of guys that – we had an older guy named Derek Holland who had been around for forever. And we call him the half-head, the boss of the bullpen. The guy guy who has the most time. Uh, Yeah, the mustache back when he was with the Rangers. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. uh, He'd been around. He made a lot of money. And – the guy who's done that the most kind of set the tone for what it's going to be. And he likes Jack around, have a lot of fun. And so it was a hell of a lot of fun down there. Uh, I would never in AAA sometimes when it's really cold or really hot, there's no cover in our bullpen out mm. there. And so they want us to come in the dugout. It sucks. Like it just sucks. <laughs> and so I, yeah, I'll, I'll, if I can stay on the bullpen my whole career, I will absolutely stay out there. I have, I have a great time. And you meet, you meet some guys out there and you just become really good friends. Like, when you're playing 162 games together and there's only so much to talk about, you just talk about everything. Like everything comes up, everything comes out. Like you just talk. And so you learn a lot about people and it's, yeah, man, you can make some really good friends and meet meet people from different walks of life. Like I play with a lot of guys from Latin countries who some of them don't speak English that well. And like, we learn English and Spanish back and forth. Those are, some, those are some of the funniest guys we have because Spanglish is just – it's freaking hilarious if you're in the right mood. Like, just – they don't know how to talk in our language and we don't know how to talk in theirs quite. So, like, the communication the yeah. barrier sometimes. If there's not someone out there who can speak both fluently, it can be brutal trying to get stuff together. But usually they try to have at least one guy down there, like a coach or something that can do both so he can just translate for you. Mm-hmm. But, no, it's those, – those, those guys, man – Latin America is a different world. I hear stories about where they're from and how they grew up, bro. I, you, you're living it right now. Like, yeah, it's, just, it's different, man. I definitely know. I definitely know about that language gap playing in Spain last year, and uh, where you know most of my teammates, uh, a lot of them didn't speak English, and uh, yeah. I mean, our coaches were saying everything in Spanish. By the end of the year, like I knew almost every single basketball term in Spanish, just because yeah. they were always speaking Spanish to it. It's different here this year because every single person on the team and every coach speaks fluent English, so. Like I speak English all day, every day. But last year, yeah. I had to learn a lot of Spanish. And um, I, I learned like every cuss word probably possible. Um, I'm that's sure you probably learn. learned. I'm sure. That's the first thing you learn. Yeah. Well, because something happens, especially, in, you know, something happens and they, they fuck up a layup or something. They're just, oh, damn. Like, cago yep. puta, tío. Yep. You know, all that stuff. And yeah. It's yeah. under their breath. And you're, what does that mean, bro? And like, they tell you and you're like, oh, okay. All right. That's what yep. I'll make sure not to say that to the wrong guy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it tough though? A little bit like coming out of the pen and always having to stay ready, you know, not knowing exactly. I mean, you know, like games you're not going to play, but not knowing exactly when your number is going to get called within the, within the course of the game. Yeah. I have, I've talked about this a couple of times actually since I've been back down here at spring training. I hate, knowing when I'm going to throw now. I've just been conditioned to this point where it's been like four years of coming out of the bullpen where I hate spring training games when I know I have the seventh inning 
And I wake up that morning and I know that around, let's say it's 4.40 in the afternoon, I'm going to be pitching. So everything I do is just building up to that moment. And when I was in college and I started, dude, my start days, I hated them. I hated waking up. I hated just thinking about the entire day, like at three o'clock, you know, I got a pitch. Like it just mentally, it was not, it was tough on me. And I was not good at separating just doing whatever and then going to the game and being locked in then. And I have a ton of respect for starting pitchers in our organization and around the league who can deal with that pressure of once every five days you get to perform. And if you mess that one up, you got to wait another five and they can just steamroll on top of that. I absolutely, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about because it, it can be 15 days, half a month. And if you have a two shortened starts in a row on that third one, if you don't go out there and make a good start out of it, I mean, your stats for the season can be going down a shitter. Like, it's it's crazy, but that's Especially like – Especially last year in the shortened season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it boom, you got two bad starts off the rip. Like, you have eight more to make up for for the rest of the year. Like, it's, it's hard and people don't think about it like that. But, like, coming out of the bullpen, for me, I love it because I can get ready pretty quickly. I always have been able to. And so – I love when the phone rings and hey, you got to get ready for the next hitter. Like, because I'm either the way I look at it is like, I'm either going to have it or I ain't. No matter how many pitches I throw down here, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go in there, I'm going to perform. I've had some of my best bullpens where I've just been spotting up, spotting up everything I wanted to do. Just it was working. And then I go out in the game and I can't throw a freaking strike. Like, and then I have a bullpen where I throw a four over the catcher's head. <laughs> And then I go in the game and I strike out all three guys I face. And it's like, there's no rhyme or reason for it. You, you talk to most anybody in baseball, they'll say the same thing. Like your best, your worst bullpens are in your best game sometimes. So I'll, sometimes like we mess around, I'll just throw my first like two over the catcher's head against the wall. Just be like, all right, cool. I'm going to suck today. And then go out there and it's, you know, it's good then. But uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. I really enjoy coming out of the bullpen and just kind of being spur of the moment, having to go out there and perform back against the wall mentality has always been something I've liked out of the preparation side of things for me. I like doing it ahead of time. I don't like the day of preparation stuff and mentally locking it into a full entire game plan, man. Those guys, some of these starters got books this deep of yeah stuff they're going to do to hitters when they like, a different level of thinking man that's it's impressive what they do so like in that mentality then are you able to stay pretty loose like throughout the game regardless of like it's getting late game like are you still pretty loose and then once your number's called you're ready to go because it really doesn't matter at that point it's a great question man there's a there's a <laughs> fine line uh there's a there's a very fine line between being loose having fun being locked in watching the game seeing what's going on and MLB has made it harder because for some reason they put, because of the Astros cheating scandal, they have put an eight to 10 second delay on all TVs and there's no TVs allowed in the bullpen anymore to watch the game on. And you're so far away in most places and the fence in front of you where like, you can't see what the hell's going on at most, at most parks. And so <laughs> it's hard to stay locked in on what's happening. It's hard to see if, you know, how the umpire is calling the day. It's hard to see, a guy's take on a certain pitch, what, what's really happening in the game. And so you can drive yourself crazy trying to stay locked in like that. And some guys are really serious the whole time. There's not very many of them, but some guys try and stay locked in. 
mentally, I think that's very draining. For me, I like to keep it loose and joke around, have a good time to like, my role can change. I can come in with guys on base in the fourth inning if we really need it, or it can be, you know, the seventh, eighth, whatever it is. And so until like the fourth, I'll joke around, walk around, do whatever, mess around with the guys. Fifth hits, crack a Red Bull, sit down, put the hood up, try and lock it in a little bit and just be ready at that point. But also, as you said before, you might not get a phone call. And so that can be as taxing on you sometimes as actually getting in the game because you think it's going to be you. It's not you. Phone rings again. It's not you. Phone rings again. It's not you. And then it's the ninth inning, you pitch and you're going in and it's like, damn, I'm tired. Like, so, it, you know, it's, it's a balancing act and it's not easy. With no those, uh, way to do it. Everyone does it. Differently. Yeah. With those, uh, those damn phones, man. I, I don't know why they bother the hell out of me. It's like some old ass phone, like <laughs> the bullpen. Like is, is that phone only, yeah. is it only wired to the bullpen and that's the only thing it can call or is it like a real phone? Like I've always wondered that. You can you call know. from the bullpen. You can call to the back room of the dugout and the dugout. In the back room of the dugout is like the clubbies who like if you someone forgot their jersey, God forbid, or like has, they need a drink or call, whatever it is, like you can call that one and they'll bring stuff out. Other than that, it just goes to the bullpen. As far as I know, that's <laughs> as far as I know, it just goes to the bullpen or it goes to the dugout and then behind the dugout. Just making calls to your friends and family during the game yeah. or something, hanging on the Yeah. That'd be All crazy. Right. So to keep it a little light, then you're you're a video game guy, right? Mm-hmm. I was. I, mean, I was a huge video game guy. I still watch. I was right before we got on this call. I was watching Mercs playing a Fortnite tournament, actually. But uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Are you uh you into the show at all? I've played it. I never really played it before. I had on and off in the minor leagues and like spring training in guys' rooms, and then uh, my wife's little sister, her her boyfriend. I played with him a couple times too, but I, my guy doesn't look anything like me on there. So I got, no, I got no reason to play. <laughs> and they, like and they disrespected the hell right. out of you. On yeah. There, I got to let, I got to let know, you know. Dude. So diamond dynasty on there, like the game builder, the team builder game on there. Uh, your card came out last year and you were a 58 overall. And I just need, <laughs> I need you to know that I was rocking with you though. You were my closer Everybody else was rocking hey. 99s, and you were my actual in-game closer for, like, three weeks. Just need you to know that. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, all I'll say about it is it's better than a 57 overall. So That's true. You know, that's, that's something to work on, something to build with. But, dude, I, I saw that, and uh, a couple people, like, tweeted that. Man, I was just like, damn. You know, you, you used to always see those NFL players with their Madden ratings always complaining about it and whatnot, and I'm like, I feel your pain now. I know what you're talking about. That'd be pretty cool, though, to yeah. get in the game. Yeah, it's uh, that's probably more mind blowing than almost anything I've done in baseball. Is like seeing yourself on a video game. Like, it's weird. It's cool, but it's weird. You get a yeah. check for that? Uh, there will be at some point. It's like called a royalties fee. Uh, the union keeps it all in preparation for like a strike or anything like that mm-hmm. and like that's what you would like potentially get paid out of or whatever but uh yeah i'm sure i'll get my 50 bucks from uh, <laughs> that'll be the show hey, you need to have you need to have a you need to have a good month or something so we can get like a, a jeff hartley moments card so that so then uh they can boost your ratings about. a little bit 
That's what I need. Absolutely. That's what I, that's what I need this season, man. No pressure. No yeah, pressure. Team of the man, week but... pack, like like FIFA team of the week. Pack. Yeah. yeah. You know, I play FIFA a lot. Yeah. No. Need that's that. hey, that's next up on the agenda. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Well, we're gonna dive in. Uh, we'll dive into some rapid fire questions. Doesn't necessarily have to be quick answers, but they'll be quicker, shorter questions for you. That way, you don't have to tell stories <laughs> the entire time. First one, just what was your welcome to the big league moment? Cincinnati, Derek Dietrich, two home runs. I'm, I I want to say anything more than that. Bad memories. We sent we sent we sent that MLB post to each other on Instagram. Me and Cobb did. Uh, we were like, damn, they yeah. did him dirty. MLB Instagram uh, did him dirty. Uh, I was I was that was a tough day. Not, not, not a fun <laughs> night afterwards. <laughs> who who was the uh, who was the first guy to take you deep in the bigs? Who was it? Uh, I think it was Cody Bellinger. Ah, it's not a bad one. That's, at least. that's, that's respectable. No, not a bad one at all. I think it. I think it was Bellinger though. Yeah. Okay. I. Right. I'm pretty sure it was at home. I'm pretty sure it was Bellinger. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, not a bad, a bad one. Yeah, right. yeah, that MVP, you can screw it. You know, you yeah. can tell a little, you can tell a lot of stories off that one when you're old. Absolutely. Would you throw him the sinker? I believe it was a sinker that he took over the right field fence. Yes, golf that thing out, huh? Yeah, Fla- he's pretty good. <laughs> uh, he's what's right. the toughest toughest road environment you've played in so far? Uh. You get chirped like crazy in Cincinnati, and I've had very few good experiences in Cincinnati, so that's probably top of the list for me. Uh, but I have Anaheim wasn't bad, Colorado wasn't bad. Oh, I take that back. Wrigley, Wrigley is really really cool. It's an awesome place to play, but bro, we were getting stomps like football score stomps for a whole series. Like we lost like forty seven to fifteen overall. Uh, and I came in back-to-back games down like 16 to three and 17 to eight. And I come out, it's like the sixth inning, walk a flock of flame. It's a party, it's pumping <laughs> on the speaker. The place is absolutely packed. Everybody's hammered. Everyone's screaming. And like, it, I came in and it was just like, damn, yeah, this is, this is lit. And then Nick Castellanos took first pitch, just broke off the wall and it was, Welcome, welcome to the party. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't it was not as lit anymore. anymore. <laughs> uh, no, of, it was not as fun anymore. How how was it playing in Bush, uh, close to home and stuff? Was that pretty cool? Dude, yeah, it was. Uh, it was awesome. It's just really, 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 really cool. I grew. I grew up. I was in the first ever game there in the inaugural season. I've been to so many of those games. Seeing the Arch, having family there, and I had like a little family section people I knew behind the bullpen out there hearing them kind of cheer when I came out of the bullpen to come in the game it was I mean it was awesome and I got to face Carp and Colton Wong my first outing so yeah it was facing two Cardinals like legends uh yeah it was awesome really really freaking cool that's pretty dope um I gotta tell people yeah. I know you now next time you come out come out on there i'm gonna be like i know that guy is that all right is that okay i can say that yeah it's per- yeah absolutely all right <laughs> what's been your favorite moment so far uh of your of your career in the mlb or even in the minors if you, if you have a favorite moment then uh in the minor leagues the coolest thing probably was the once the only time i ever popped champagne uh double a 
I had the save, got the last out to clinch us going to playoffs and then coming in the locker room. Uh, I can't imagine doing it at the end of a big league season with the work that goes into that and like just the level it's at, it's a little different. And the celebration obviously gets bigger at that point too. I think that'd probably be really, really cool. But uh, my best big league moments probably been facing cool horse uh, in Anaheim. It was pretty surreal hopping on the mound and uh, just hearing them announce his name and him walking in the box and just being like, dude, that's my favorite player. That, that's my favorite yeah. player growing up. Like I, every single, like, yeah. So that was, I got a picture of it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get an artist that I know to hopefully do it in the next couple of years and just I'll always have that picture. It's, it's cool. He's is that, a legend. Like, is that a guy who like, you would consider asking for an autograph as another player? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, and like people think it's less common than it really is. Like I, I've got Yelich, Bellinger, uh, Joey Votto, Rizzo, Brian. Uh, it's not weird. Like, and you don't, you don't go up to them personally. People don't, people don't know that you just kind of tell the clubby, on your side, like, hey, uh, can you send this over to the clubhouse to get signed for me? And the guys do it, no problem. They're always really cool about it. Uh, I've got Wayno, Yachty, guys from the Cardinals also. So That's it's awesome. it's not me having to walk up to them and go, hey, Mr. Wainwright, would you send hey, you, the ball you for send me? This? It's like, like, like Mike? Yeah, you just, <laughs> exactly. Like, you just hand to a guy and it's back in your locker when you come back at the BP. So it's much less than meeting in that sense where you're going to ask a guy about the play against for his autograph. But uh, it happens quite a bit. More people think. Hey, good to know. Good to know. Uh, what's your favorite thing about the city of Pittsburgh? The bridges are that, – that's pretty, it's pretty much a no-brainer. The bridges are really cool. Uh, and honest to God, like people call it corny or whatever, the views inside of PNC, I mean, they're unbelievable. It's, it's freaking beautiful. It's an honor to get to go out there and play on that field every day and you walk out of the dugout and just the entire city skyline's back there. And uh, that's that's probably the coolest part for me, honestly. It's yellow, I think, yellow uh, and black. Everything everything in the damn city is yellow and black. Everything matters. <laughs> like they you know, they they did it well, they did it right. It's a cool place. I think uh, our dad said that's oh, didn't he say that's his second favorite park he's ever been to behind Bush? I, I think he might have said that. I think he said because of you down. I think he said because he liked the park so much and because you play for him now, I think he said the Pirates are – he's like, that's my second favorite team now behind the Cardinals. So, you, you got the props yeah, from cool. Tim Lawrence. But um, <laughs> perfect, what, jo perfect. what job do you think you'd, you would have if, if you weren't playing baseball? Uh, I graduated with a degree in – Oh, he doesn't even know. <laughs> Do you oh, no, it was uh... – <laughs> I haven't said it in so long. What the heck was it? Mass. It was like mass media communications and uh, uh, some some like PR <laughs> advertising BS. Uh, I would probably be working for like a marketing firm if I had to guess. Some, something along those lines. And I would probably would have hated it and moved on to something by now other than that. But uh, that's what I went to school for. So I guess I'll go with that. I, I like coaching and working with kids too, though. And... I've been, I do that a little bit. I used to do in the offseason in the minor leagues and make a little bit of money. Uh, and I, I like doing that. So I, I'd probably just be doing something like that on the side for sure, whether it be baseball or basketball. Gotcha. Uh, let's go, instead of get who homered off you, let's go back to uh, who was the first guy you struck out in the bigs? 
Uh, first guy I faced, Ian Kinsler. It's, uh, he had a pretty long career. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad first strikeout. Yeah, it's you a got pretty, good it's a thing a lot of pitchers talk. About. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a thing that a lot of pitchers talk about their first punchy. As uh, one of my guys, James Morrow, got called up in 2019. His first punch out was Jack Flaherty, and it just he's a starter, and so like he went through the whole lineup and didn't punch anybody out until he got to the pitcher. And so it's just kind of funny when you hear who was who was his first. It's a cool thing. You think you're ever gonna get an AB in the bigs? I sure shit hope not. I uh, hitting hitting is not something I like to do. Uh, I don't like catching guys who throw hard, so I don't like playing catch with guys who throw hard during the throwing program. I got one at bat in AAA in 2019 off of uh, Brooks Pounders, pitcher for the Mets, and I told Key Brian Hayes, our third baseman, I was like, "Hey, I don't have a bat. Can I borrow your bat?" And uh, he was like, are you going to swing? And I was like, no, I'm not going to swing, bro. I'm just going to stand there. And uh, so I saw the first pitch, looked pretty meaty. He, he knew I was a pitcher, so he wasn't trying very hard. So I swung at the next one, broken bat, double play, and in the inning, <laughs> uh, he was pissed. And uh, I don't want bat still at some point, but I hope I don't get any of the big ones. I don't want any. He had a hell of a season last year, too. He is. Brian Hayes. He's going to be a going to be a fun player to watch he's, he had he's a, legit he had a good guard on he had a good card on the show yeah they boosted him yeah uh, I, can, I can only <laughs> imagine it's gonna get better too he's been having my back at third base for a couple of years now and nothing gets by that dude man he's he's special um also you know we're both we're both into sneakers and uh did, did i see you rocking the the omni ones or the new balance omni ones last year did you have those turned into some cleats for you yeah, I uh, I signed with New Balance a couple of years ago, and during spring training, they send you a care package every year. And last year was the new Kawhi the Omni ones, and uh, I got them in. And everyone was like, "Oh, dope! I'm gonna I'm gonna wear them for lifting or whatever." And I was looking at them, and there was a bright aqua blue sleeve patch going over the top of it. And I was looking at it, and they were like, oh, "I can't wear them in the game because of that or whatever." And I was like, "I'll just take an Exacto knife and I cut the damn strap off." And it was all white and black, and I'm allowed to wear them then. And so I. Yeah, I sent them to Custom Cleats. There's a company that does it for you. It's like 100 bucks. They put some cleats on them. And, dude, I, I wear them still now. I, I'm i just going to wait till I get another pair of Kawhis and turn them to Custom Cleats. They're so comfortable. I love we love them. that. They're awesome. We love that. Yeah. Love it. They're awesome. Any uh, any any other sponsors you need to plug? You got New Balance in there. You need to throw Wilson out there. Anything? You, you good? Yeah, Wilson, too. They don't they don't care if I plug them. They, uh, <laughs> I like Wilson. But they do all right. Yeah. You need a. I saw a Shane Bieber's little uh, pack he got. You need that golf bag out of there. That's hard, bro. Hey, that's that's big boy stuff right there. That's uh, a <laughs> that's a you that's a you made us some money type package. You know, I, I'm not making New Balance any money at the moment, so the I'll, I'll get the scraps. I'm fine with that. But this this care package, I haven't gotten mine yet. It's, they haven't come to Florida yet. But I've been seeing the guys that have been getting them. Hey. They're no joke. They got some. They got some nice stuff. They're sending out. They do well. They do good by me. I love them. Tell them to uh, put out some Jeff Hartley peas, and you'll get at least two purchases. Promise. Yeah, okay. at least two. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe in twenty years, we'll see. All right, last one I got for you. Um, you play Cobb in a game of one on one to eleven. Who wins and what's the score? You've probably never seen me play though, so. I'm, no, I've seen highlights. I've seen the highlights. You got a little drunk. Okay. I've, I've seen the highlights. I Maybe back in the heyday, I could have given him a game. I'm getting the bubble up now. 
I actually shot for the first time in like probably, I don't know, a year and a half maybe uh, today. It's funny that we were talking about this now. I shot for the first time forever today out on the practice fields. They got a little hoop back there and I was just messing around with some guys. Jumper's still there a little bit, but dude, the handles, they go quick, bro. There's <laughs> me, and, me and dribbling, we don't go hand in hand anymore. Uh, nah, you'd wax me. I'm going to give you, I'll give myself five points, 11 five. Just because I'm I, hit a couple of shots with it and you're not guarding me. Of course, I said I said eleven to six, so I gave you six. So perfect. Man, I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of respect. Hey, I got a lot of respect for the game. I think you should uh, call out Miles Gary. You saw his video the other day of him hooping. Miles Gary. Yeah, hey, that is a that is a big <laughs> human playing some basketball. Those are shoulders that don't even fit through doorways, bro. Yeah, you, that was unreal. Uh, you the best player on the Pirates? I would assume so. Uh, we actually have a couple – our catcher, Stallings, his dad was University of Pittsburgh's basketball coach and Mandy's yeah. basketball coach. He's yeah. from yep. Centralia, I think. Uh, Kevin's from Collins. He went to Collinsville High School. Collinsville. Collinsville. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, but uh, they have Pirates, actually, we have interviews when the season starts out there, and they asked us. They're asking everybody that question, too, who would win between me, him, and there's another guy named Chris Stratton. I said myself, I got confidence in it. I'm, I'm taking these. Have yeah. to. They're like four years older than me too. I got to step on them still. You got yeah, leg. You got, you got leg life left. Yeah, no doubt. You could still get. You could still get up and put one down if you had to. Yeah, I did a couple windmill, a little light. You know, oh, okay. Oh, a little light. Not, not like a full nothing crazy, but a little short arm windmill. I got a couple. Hey, you're, be, you're a better dunker than me, okay. man. Better dunker than me. <laughs> I, I've got. I've got four. I've got four in my career, and I'm six nine. So. You got me beat on that on that department for sure. Everybody's game's a little different, man. Everybody's <laughs> game's a little different. Yes, sir. Man, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to kind of come on, hang out, and chat with us a little bit. Uh, we'd love to have you on again at some point. We're looking forward to watching you play this year and uh, definitely yeah. going to be following along, man. Cool. Hey, hit me up whenever. I got my wife's out of town this weekend, so uh, I'm just sitting here with my dog anyway. I got nothing to do, man. You catch me a time like that again, I'm sure. It's a pleasure talking to you guys. Best of luck over there in Portugal, man. And best of luck to you, stay too, warm man. In North Dakota. Appreciate it, man. Thank Appreciate you, it. Man. Have a good one. Yeah. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good one. Talk to you later. Later. Bye. See you. I can't lie, man. That was that was pretty that was pretty dope for me. Um that like just first of all, him him taking time out of his schedule, like with spring training and stuff going on. Uh it just it shows a lot of who he is. I feel like that he'll have time to come chat with us and spend some time with us on the pod and just have a good time hanging with the boys. And I mean, that was my first time ever having a conversation with the big leaguer. I can't lie. So like growing up, baseball was probably my first love as far as sports go. And like we always were huge MLB fans. Like 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 we talked about, we play MLB the show nonstop when it comes out. Like I like it was it was dope. I was geeked up. I can't lie. So uh, shout out to Jeff. Thanks for coming on the pod, man. Uh, you made my day for sure. It's it's 2 a.m. here in Portugal, man, and uh, I got a flight to catch at, at 7 a.m. and I couldn't be I couldn't be happier to be up doing this right now. Couldn't be happier. No doubt, uh, dude. It was sweet. Uh, like I would con- like I would have considered myself like friendly with him. Uh, I wouldn't say we were friends. Like we don't hang out and stuff. But like it literally felt like he was one of our boys when he came on and started talking. So uh as great as we could have possibly asked for i hope we're able to get him back on again 
because it was just like a, a fun conversation honestly uh even, even if yeah. it's even if it's not to record a podcast like we gotta we gotta hop back on a zoom call with them or something because uh just a conversation we had before we even started recording like that was a lot of fun man so uh again appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule he's in spring training um busy time i know he said they they have a game today's what friday so he said they play sunday uh, mm -hmm. so hoping hoping to see a good year for him like year three hopefully catching his stride and really goes out and and has kind of his blow up year to where he makes like a, a huge name for himself and hopefully make himself some money and 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 set himself up really well so uh excited to have he him plays. on go ahead go ahead my fault no excited to have him on and uh excited for his kid to come and he seemed he seemed excited for it so that'll be that'll be really cool uh, yeah he seemed i mean uh seemed like a super down-to-earth guy seemed like he's really prepared for this season and last year in the the shortened season he had a uh he had a really good year um so i'm hoping he can build off that and just go crazy i mean there's yeah, nothing I, like like there's nothing i love to see more than people from like our home like I mean, he's not from our hometown, you know, he's from Highland, but we, we all played, we're, we're all Mississippi Valley guys. Like we played in the NBC, you know? So like, it's just dope to me to see like guys like that, uh, guys like, um, you know, from St. Louis even, or guys from like the kid from Marquette that plays in the NFL, like to, to see, to see all those guys like making it from where I'm from, like we're from where, 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 <laughs> from where we're from you know like it just like gives me a sense of pride I don't know like I don't know if you feel that way but like it's just like it makes me like like feel some type of way sometimes it really, to like, see that. it really is bro like you you like pull for them and like you want them to do well like like they're your friend and it it really is because like yeah with him it's it's a little different because like even he said like he's watched your highlights and stuff so like we're all familiar with each other for sure um so so like it's a little different because we're even more invested in there but like like you said like guys from st louis that you might have watched play in high school one time mm -hmm. like you want them to do well so bad um uh, just because it, yeah. it represents like where you're from well and when it's a guy like him who like I, I know we've said it a few times but couldn't have been a better dude like couldn't be a better guy and it's not like he came on and like that was for show like everybody that i know that is like friends friends with jeff harley but like i had a lot of interactions with him will tell you like that is one of the better dudes around like so to have him on and have him representing our area for lack of better terms like it's amazing we got a busy week and i'm happy and um i'm excited to try and start doing more two two episodes a week with you and um i think most most of the times we might only have one guest on during the week and then have one that's just us two chatting you know doing our thing and doing our little segments that we like to do but um gives me something to do man so i'm excited to get into it and get get more of these pods out and just try and grow it a little bit no doubt no doubt uh that'll do it for us today um hope y'all enjoy your day and tune in again on thursday for episode five now uh, having a great time. Hope you are too. Hope y'all keep listening. Appreciate it. Peace. It's a wrap. Peace.